from doing these things we've always wanted to do, like I mentioned, and 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 so many reasons. I'm babbling. I'm babbling. This isn't. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's try this again. Hello and welcome to the Technically Creative Podcast, a podcast exploring tech, creativity, productivity, and the innate connections between the left and right hemispheres of our brains. My name is Michael Heredia. And I'm Sardar Raina, and together we hope to challenge you to think logically, embrace creativity, and ultimately pursue your passions without being confined to just one side of your mind. Have you ever had an idea of doing something new? Have you ever had a new career you wanted to pursue, dreamt of starting your own business? Have you ever had any of these thoughts only to fall victim to paralysis by analysis? Has your trash can ever been loaded with crumbled paper full of ideas you toss away because you don't know how to get started? Or worse, you have a deleted folder of dreams that lay dormant because you're afraid. Afraid of what might happen if you actually do the thing you've always wanted to do. Why do we struggle to get started with something we've always wanted to do? especially when we know deep down inside we have something of value we want to put into this world. We have something in our minds that is waiting to be released, but by logic and inductive reasoning, we find ways to talk ourselves out of just going for it. On today's episode, we're going to dive into some of the primary reasons many of us never press go. We're going to explore the things that make us uncomfortable and keep us from exploring the possibilities that lie on the other side of our fear. Episode four. Star Talk, here we are, episode four. I think it's kind of fitting that for the first of our real episodes, we talk about just getting started and mm-hmm. why it's so hard to get started sometimes. That's true, man. I mean, yeah, we, um, I mean, think about this podcast, right? We have been talking about it. And we, I mean, I guess, I think we have faced our fear to to get started. I mean, we are doing this. This, yeah. is, this is right here. And it's not perfect, as we'll talk about, but hopefully one day we'll we'll get there. But uh, as, I, as I'm thinking about getting started and the the times in my life where I've tried to get started with so many things, but I fell victim to, to, you know, I mentioned paralysis by analysis. There are four main things that I've come to the conclusion that really drive that. So let's jump into those four things today. I think the first one, the one that many of us are right amount, automatically mm-hmm. halted by is we're afraid of something or some things. Right. And so there's a question there. What are some of the things start talk like, in your life as you've prepared to start new endeavors, whether it's creatively, whether it's in your, your career, what are some of those things that you've been afraid of that kept you from doing something or some things? Yeah, that's a good one. So, so, so yeah, so some of the things I think um, are like, okay, like I think the most common one would probably be like fear of failure, I guess, or, you know, you're not good enough, I guess, you know, you, you just think that, yeah, or, or the third one I would think is like, it's been done before, like creatively. What am I going to add anything new to this conversation that you know so many people have done already? You know, are so much better than me, right? In this in this field, like if you take photography for example, like so many good photographers out there. Like, why do I why do I care? Right. Why do I care? Who's going to look at my photographs? Right? Yeah, so. that that fear is something that right, like it's a natural part of our our humanity. Mm-hmm. We're always going to be afraid. But then it's it, it kind of brings in the fight or flight system. Mm-hmm. You know, it's out of our fear. Are we going to do it 
Or are we just going to be like, you know, I'm just, just going to comfort zone. Yeah, let's just, just go yeah, back just, to what we've always done. Just on a cushion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I think of it, like I've, I've tried to pinpoint certain common fears that we all share, but right. Because I want this podcast to be relatable. And I think that whether you've attempted a creative endeavor, whether you've attempted to start a new career, there's been something in your life as a listener that you've experienced that may have kept you from doing it because you were afraid of doing it. So there are a couple common fears that I've come to the conclusion of the fear of failure, right? We're, we're humans. We want to succeed mm-hmm. like at the, at yep. the core of our being, we want to do well and failure sucks. Failure is not fun. So yeah, I'd rather yeah. not fail and not yeah. start. Right. Exactly. But then there's uh, you know, I think I heard, uh, I'm just trying to recollect who it was, but, but it was like, if you don't start, you're already failing. That's you? a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've heard that too. I don't know who said that, but I know I've heard that. Yeah. We're also afraid of being judged. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Sartak, I don't know. If, I think this is this spans across all cultures, um, not even just the Western culture. But man, like here right. in America too, like growing up as a yeah. kid, mm-hmm. if you started something that was different than other people, mm-hmm. like you're going to be made fun of. Like you were going to be judged. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't, it's not cool to it's do. It's like basically f- afraid of being being different, basically. Right. You just want to be with the, with the group, I right. guess. Yep. So I think that's another thing that drives our fear. <laughs> this one, this one's a good one. And I think it ties into one of the later subjects that we're going to talk about, but the fear of not living up to our own expectations of ourselves. That is a good one. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think we're oftentimes our biggest critic. Yes. Not always the case. Some people are really good about it, yeah. about not being their biggest critic. But for many of us, I think many of us who would claim to be a perfectionist, I think that goes, yeah. it's, it's synonymous with perfectionism is being your harshest critic. Yeah, but I think I think I think a lot of people might be might be living in this fear because I'm I'm pretty sure I I do because you know you you have certain expectations right. from yourself and um, and if you don't meet them you just you just beat yourself up yeah. for that yep and then if you're not beating yourself up you're afraid of what other people think of you or the expectations of others so um, you know especially I think in our younger years we experience this and. And depending on how, I think there's some psychology behind there too, and maybe some Freudian psychology behind that, like how when we were a kid, if we failed, how our parents reacted to that failure. And I think that carries over into our adulthood as well. Um, Interesting. I think about that all the time too, raising a kid now. I'm like, (laughs) when he makes a mistake, how do I react to that? Because ultimately that's going to impact how he, how he has fear of failure and other people's expectations and that is an interesting, yeah, uh, man. interesting point. It's so tough. I, I was listening to a podcast recently by Ryan Holiday. I listened to the Daily Dad podcast, and um, you know, he was talking about why do we even like why do we really care? So basically, like if a kid makes a mistake or something, like, and we try to argue over that, do we really care? Like that they you know didn't close the door or didn't put the toilet seat down, or are we just more so afraid of screwing something up? Oh, I see. You know so, what I mean? And yeah, so, like, yeah. it's like more like, what will do you think? Like, what will others think if your kid is not really right. doing what he's supposed to? Like, in quotes, supposed. Right. To and do. so, yeah. and in doing that, like, how are we impacting them when right. they grow up and they have this fear of what other people's expectations are of them too? Like that, I, I think about that a lot lately. And that's so, an interesting point. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's something. You know, I have it here as the fourth of the common fears, but I think it's up there. I think it's on that list too. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we just alluded to this one too. We're, we have a fear of screwing up. Again, we don't want to mess up things. We're, we're perfectionists in many ways. Many of us, to some extent, unless you're one of the lucky few who just doesn't care, 
I think yeah. you just you don't want to screw up, you know. And and then the, the next two are we have a fear of discomfort. Um, mm-hmm. Our culture breeds comfort. We want to be comfortable in all that we do, and we don't want to risk stepping outside of our comfort zones. And so instead, we're just gonna be like, well, I'm afraid of that. So you know what? I'm just gonna chill here. I'm good here. Yep. Yep. And then and then it's the fear of actually not knowing what to do. <laughs> have <laughs> yeah, you ever been there before? I think so. I mean, yeah, I think there are, there are things that I would like to, would have wanted to learn. And I'm like, hmm, I don't think I have the resources or maybe I, or, you know, oh, I, maybe I need a formal education for, you know, learning this stuff. But, um, but, you know, later point in life, I kind of realized you don't really don't need anything. You can just, you know, pick up whatever you want to do. Right. You, you, you can, yeah, you can learn anything right. that you want to do. Thanks, YouTube. Thank you. That's YT. (laughs) That's right. All right, cool. The next of the main four points here is we think we've waited too long. Mm, So let's be real. If you're in your, if if you're in your late twenties or into your thirties, you've probably had this thought multiple, multiple times. We think our time's expired. We're too old. Maybe we're too out of sync or our lives are way busier than we were when we were younger and in college and could stay up till four o'clock in the morning and pound some coffee the next day. Maybe kids are in the picture and you work a full-time job and there's just no time to do the thing you really want to do because adulting, all that. But for whatever the reason, there's always a level of, well, I guess I just waited too long, so might as well not get started. You know what? <laughs> Have you ever yeah, had that thought? A, like yeah, there's a 16-year-old kid who's you know, crushing this, so maybe I'll just, no. let, give it, let's just let him do it. <laughs> thanks, Gen Z. Thanks, Gen Z. If you're listening, any Gen Zers out there and you're listening, thanks for all your TikTok fame and making your millions of dollars while here we are just sitting making average salaries. Thanks. Thanks, Gen Z. Now, have, have you ever had that thought, though? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, you, again, maybe you have a different perspective here, Sartak, because mm-hmm. you did get started in your career in your 20s. You were going mm-hmm. to school for this. But, like, this is something I really struggle with mm-hmm. a lot, especially now in some of the new journeys. But have, have you ever had this thought? Have you ever we- thought that you've waited too long for something? Um, yeah, I think so. So um, I think there are, like, a couple of things, like, especially like creatively like i think um for example like photography right so right i think uh i could have started i mean there was nothing holding me back and um you know but it's more like okay i'll you know there's so much to learn how will i learn all this stuff you know where will i you know i need there's always a easy excuse to be made basically to not get started yeah. Um, but later point I did realize it doesn't matter like the camera doesn't matter the the gear doesn't matter yeah what matters is that you show up and you go out and shoot basically right and and even like when you get started with like like say for example I did get started with photography there's like so many genres that you can actually do mm-hmm. and how do you know which one do you like so you have to try all of them I guess you know yeah <laughs> how old were you when you started shooting photography um I th- think maybe 27 okay so yeah. you, i mean i i had done some before before that but not not a whole lot like i knew like i i thought like i, I did like sometimes i would take a photograph or two and i would like them and i would like hmm, I'm, i think i'm i like that but i never like pursued pursued it because i'm like hmm, okay it's it's fine i can i can do it later i can do it later because i'm just focusing on my career right now sure. right? so it's like yeah this is not like priority for me right so right so. yeah and Again, like I said, I think out of the four today, this is kind of where I'm at now the most. This I think I've waited too long. Mm-hmm. And there's some others that are applicable, but like, especially me, like I spend a lot of time watching YouTube videos, mm-hmm. 
And as I'm watching these videos, I'm like, man, I wonder how old this person is. Like, they seem to have it together. They, they, you know, they're doing some really cool stuff. But I feel like, yeah. like I'm 31, turning 32. Yeah. You know, at the time this yeah. episode's recorded, I'm 31, but I'll be turning th- 32 in just about a month from now when this episode's released. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure you've heard about the quote like, "Comparison is the thief of joy." Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So. <clears throat> and I'm so bad at that. Especially now, again, I think I shared this in one of the earlier episodes, but I'm I'm starting my journey with coding. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. learning yeah. Python right now, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm thinking about a you know one day transitioning from the the data analyst world of paid media and marketing to something more of a data science role or or a software development role or whatever that might be. And so I think about that, and like I think. Of, you know, granted, thankfully, there's a lot of resources out there that that say like, right? You know, a lot of you don't have to have a computer science degree. You nope, could go to nope. the school of YouTube, or yeah. like I'm doing is yeah. through Code Academy. But um, I still like, you know, like I, yeah. I I look at you and like different people who I know who are developers or engineers, whatever. You went to school for this, and so like I'm like, man, I'm 31 getting started with this. Like, yeah. did I wait too long? Um, so that's an interesting one. But you know, honestly, like even in school, like they. The, they try to cover so many subjects so I it's know. so like that they try to cover the breadth of it especially in bachelors sure um but then in masters is when they, you really like they focus on on like you know really laying down stuff and even in that you have a breadth of subjects so right and you know honestly like i have friends who who kind of dropped out of college and they're doing fin- like they're doing really well and they like they, yeah. they're just doing coding and he he, he was like like they, they they dropped out of computer science degrees but you know yeah. after a year or so and so they didn't really go to college but they're doing awesome because they just learned everything on their own right right, right. so yeah. yeah and that's the thing I, you know i I think i'm i wrestle with it but i'm on the other side of it too like i realized that there's no such thing as waiting too long mm-hmm. and it's cool like i've read different blogs or i've recently started following a lot of podcasts um uh, it just all across the board with data science or software engineering and things like that. And um, right. I can't remember the name of the podcast. Like I said, I just started it. Um, it's like Learn to Code with Me or uh, there's a ton of different podcasts out there. Yeah, so if you are, in, oh no, it's resources. Code Newbie, Code Newbie. That's the one I was okay. listening to. And there's one, and I haven't finished the whole episode, but it's it's like this mom who has multiple kids who's been mm-hmm. a nurse. Like I think I think she said she was wow. a nurse for like 16 years. Wow. And now she's a software time. engineer. I'm like, okay, okay. Wow. I've not That's even been out of school for 16 years. So like, I'm, I'm good. It's, it's not too late to yeah. start. Yes. So, yes. And I, As, yeah, especially like, yeah, I mean, especially nowadays, like you have so many, I mean, if it was like 20 years back, maybe, you know, maybe it would have been a struggle to, you know, go to the libraries, probably find the books that you really need to <laughs> yeah. learn from. But, uh, but nowadays, man, it's like, it's a whole new, like you, people, I think I'm pretty sure people are, people are developing mobile apps and, and right. so many cool stuff yeah. without having a without having a college degree. Right. So. so more of the story is I can't tell you not to be afraid and think that you've waited too long. But just know that if you're listening to this, you've not waited too long. There there's plenty of time left. Um yep. you know and, and I, I encourage you guys as a listener to to step outside. So you've not waited too long. Um let's move on. We've got the third topic this one is another one that we've all been through. We don't have anything new to say. I'm going to start this section with a quote from Andre Gide. It's a really good one. And he says, everything that needs to be said has already been said. But 
since no one was listening, everything must be said again. <laughs> I, I think I love that quote. That is that was very nice. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's so true. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is just me being a little reductionist or a little too existential. But oftentimes, I I tend to have this thought that there's really nothing new out there, and mm. I, it seems mm. really dark. And I and I promise you, I'm an optimist. But yeah. I think sometimes the realist in me also comes and- out. And you know, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe like everything that was core is already done. So what? There's so many variants that people you know work on and and come up with, and 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 you know it's 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 right. You know, yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. It's pretty cool. It's like COVID. You know, look at Omicron. <laughs> Omicron's like, well, I know this has already been done before. No, I'm sorry, that's yeah, too yeah, too soon. Too, but yeah, <laughs> just wait for the Omicron uh, two dot oh. Okay, yeah, right. No, not yet. V two. <laughs> No, but I don't know. This is this is just one of those things that I think that once we, I don't, maybe I maybe I overthink it, but I think that I, I want to be too original, and I'm, and that oftentimes keeps me from doing something. I'm I like, see. I see. It's like you know yeah, you want to be like super the first guy to do that, like right. to to be be like super original, like nobody ever has done this before, right. kind of thing. But I think um, I think Austin Kleon. Kleon yeah, I'm moving up his name, maybe. Yeah, but he, I think he, I think he says in his one of his books, like, doesn't matter. Like, that you, you kind of get inspired by various artists, and then you, you know, you, you, you come up with your own, own, your own twist, to your it. own twist, to your it, own right? variant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and that's like that's the beauty of, you know, just an example of an art. But like, yeah, it's a, that's the beauty of everything. Right. Like, it's just you get inspired by multiple you know, sources, and mm-hmm. then you come up with something that maybe, you know, maybe something original. Right. right? I want to think about like, now that I'm on this coding journey, I start to, I'm starting to think more about programming languages, you know, and if mm-hmm. everybody tried to create their own programming language, we'd have a whole lot more out there. There's a reason why there's only a few that are really mm-hmm. used yeah. why, and widely accepted these days. And it's because people realize that they don't yeah. have to create something original for it to be good exactly but yeah. they can build upon those upon things, those things. Exactly. you know and that that's yeah. why you start to have dictionaries come out and different things like this that mm-hmm. are being built upon the core foundations like right and so you know maybe we fear too much of the well i'm not original so i might as well not even try but yeah. like don't let yeah. that stop you right like right um, and, and yeah honestly and if you if you are like if you are the guy who wants to invent a new language yeah go go for it <laughs> go, go for, for it, it. <laughs> kudos to you i hope yeah. you do it yeah but yeah, no, I, I think that's one of those things. We we just have to overcome that fear of, you know what? Maybe you don't have something new to say, and that's okay. That's okay that you don't have this earth-shattering revelation. Yeah. I mean, the, hu- the human being is like it's like it's so much. You have so much originality to to you. You know, even if you like get, even if you get inspired by multiple sources, and you're gonna come up, you're gonna put your own spin on it. Right. So yeah, nothing is original. So don't be afraid to not be original. That's okay because most of us aren't original anyways. Um, but we just get to, like Andre Keats says, everything has to be said again because no one was listening the first time. <laughs> I love that quote. I'll, I'll have that linked in the show notes too. Um, cool. All right, moving on to the fourth one. I think this is one that we're going to, we're going we're gonna to stake some, some ground here. We want it, whatever it is, to be perfect before we put it out into the world. Yeah, um, I struggle with that a lot. 
Yeah, I think we all do. And that's why I'm really impressed that we actually are recording this episode. Yeah, this, <laughs> imperfect, this, <laughs> this imperfect episode, the first few. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure both. like if we, if we listen to them again and again, I'm pretty sure we're going to like, let's edit out. Let's just <laughs> do it from scratch. Let's do the intro from scratch. Let's do episode one to four uh, from scratch. A year later, we're going to be like, sorry, talk. These sucked. What were you thinking? <laughs> No, hopefully not though. Hopefully they, yeah. these these are valuable episodes and I think they will be, but you know, hey, it'll be beauty in the imperfection. That's so. right. That's right. So in in this world and there's there's two things that I'm going to share here. The first one is m- the definitions that I had kind of over time come to the conclusion that these were there are two groups of perfectionists and then I found an article along the way. I can't remember when I found this, but it's been I don't know, it's been a few months, but this article's from 2007 that actually backs up this concept, these concepts that are created. So I think there are two groups of perfectionists. This is the non-academic group of perfectionists. The group of perfectionists who have harnessed the power of perfectionism and consistently do really incredible work. And that's a quote that I had from a blog that I'll link in the show notes from earlier the summer of uh, 2021. Um, but yeah, those perfectionists are awesome and they constantly put out really cool stuff. But I think there's a that's a very small minority of people. I think where most of us fall is the second group, the group of perfectionists who haven't harnessed the power of perfectionism and are crippled by the inability to get work to get great work done. Keyword there because we think it has to be great, great work done because of the fear that your work won't be good enough and will end up just wasting people's time. I'm often crippled by that. I don't want to waste anybody's time because I don't want people wasting my time. You know. True. Yeah. Yeah. And um. Yeah, I think the the interesting part is that, and this is again somewhere I read, not sure the source now, but it's uh, it's that you um, you you can you can uh, probably it's Austin Kluin, yeah. It's it's basically you can do your work, you know. You don't have to publish it. It can be bad, right? And that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But keep working. Don't let it stop you from working. Don't think that everything that you work on they're all eyes on on that work right right then it's not that's not the case you mm-hmm. can make the most in your eyes the most horrible painting or whatever you're creating and that's okay because you know you're going to learn from that yeah so i think the fair at least i have the sometimes i have is that oh whatever or or i had was like oh whatever i produce oh it has to be good because you know you think that it's getting published no right it's not getting published you can create thousand drawings and then just pick one that you think is good enough right Right. so but but don't but don't let it stop from you from making those thousand drawings right because that's how you get better yeah i'm curious about this again your 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 role and we'll talk about this in a future episode but um you are you're you're literally creating things in your job like you're putting Mm -hmm. things you're creating something that will go out into the world Mm -hmm. yep how many times though have you mocked up a model or created something that you presented or pitched to i don't and again i don't really know how what you do works to the full extent but right. how many times have you done something where you've created this you've had this idea and you pitch it to them and they're like mm-hmm. actually that's not gonna work yeah that's an interesting question so um so the way it works is like you sometimes and, and it's at least in the hardware computer hardware industry it's there's a lot of time pressure. So you have to get things done on time. Right. And sometimes you do not have the luxury of time to kind of do everything perfect. Right. Right. But, and, and hardware is very unforgiving that way. It has to, has to, has to, has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. If it's a, if there's a showstopper bug, 
when I say showstopper, it is like if you if the chip has to be respun, you just wasted the company millions of dollars, right? So <laughs> no pressure, they, right? no pressure, guys, no pressure. <laughs> it's just gonna be ten, I don't know how many x million dollars because of your bug. So nobody wants to be that guy, and that's why you have like like I don't know three verification engineers for each design engineer. Sure, but but but, but the bottom line is um, you sometimes you you have to um, when you when you do pitch something you, it has to be a certain quality that yes it'll not it's not going to be doa like it's not going to be like something that'll be dead on arrival kind of a thing so it's going to um you know it's going to have some some percentage you, 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 people understand that it's going to be like it's like a v1 you can think about it like a software like so it's a v1 version of it but it cannot be super bad that it cannot you know it's like 10% accurate right you you probably need to be like 75% accurate mm. and and get there and 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 on the next ones you will probably you know get better so it's just like a software thing but yeah yeah so you might not be super efficient you might not create the super efficient hardware but then it's doing the job it's it should not have bugs in it right it's still right. doing the job it's not efficient you're burning let's say more power to to do that computation right because you didn't you didn't have the luxury of time to you know put in what you had to to optimize all that stuff but then you know that's and you can do that in the next chip release yes and that's the thing. That's why there's always constant releases because it wasn't perfect the first time. Right. And right. so imagine a world where if people waited for the perfect chip, mm-hmm. you yeah. probably never it's, have it's any not, of it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Technology wouldn't be where it is. I'm going to reveal a new secret. Right. There's no, there are bugs in your hardware, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All your hardware has bugs in it. It's just, just not being exposed because <laughs> you're running in modes that were so f- furiously verified and then those functional modes that it's not. But if you if if they were if you just try to run them in different modes, it's gonna it's gonna fail. Coming from the mouth of an engineer here, everyone. All right. So again, we talked about these two groups of perfectionists that I have so unacademically defined. Um, this article by Kevin Stoltz and Jeffrey Ashby, and it, it's kind of funny. It really does put some some weight behind my two groups of perfectionists. And they have the the term adaptive and maladaptive perfectionism. Adaptive perfectionism is a perfectionism that's deriving satisfaction from achievements made from intense effort, but tolerating the imperfections without resorting to harsh self-criticism. That's how you've become an adaptive perfectionist that, you know, you're okay with slight imperfections or like what Sartak said, a bug, because you know it's not the end of the world. You know, there can be a V2 that comes out. There can Mm -hmm. be an update, whatever it might be. It right. just doesn't keep you from doing the thing that you need to do. Exactly, to do. it can be a. It can it, and people know that there are optimization bugs, and still let it let it go because it you are under time pressure, right? Yeah. You can't you if you want that smartphone on your holiday release, right? You just, Every September, you, uh, Apple needs to have uh, a new exactly. one out. Exactly, it cannot be waiting for. Oh, we have this small bug. We're gonna delay by two weeks. Nope. Right. It's gonna let it slide. It's fine. Yep. And on the flip side of that, you have the maladapt uh, the maladaptive perfectionism. This is perfectionism that has this possessing need to control your environment. And when events don't go your way or don't go as according to plan, you develop negative attitudes or negative negative outputs for that matter to where if you have this maladaptive perfectionism and you can't control your environment, then you're just going to say screw it, I'm not going to do it at all. Right. Now imagine you like imagine if you start talking your career 
if you had a maladaptive perfectionist mentality and you'd be like, ooh, I can't control these oh, bugs. I'm just not going to give you anything. Would that go well? Would you have a job? Nope. Yeah. No, that is not going to be acceptable. That's like you still need to produce. And, and they're, they're going to be, you, you, you need to have that attitude that, yes, uh, it was a bug. Accept it. Yes, I'm responsible for it. Um, I goofed up. But typically there is, it's typically it's not like a, you know, fatal kind of a bug, you know. And and you kind of have like software workarounds for the firmware workarounds for it. So yeah. it's not ideal, but then, you know, it's not end of the world right. either. And I think many of us possess that power to be an adaptive perfectionist at work. But when it comes to our own creativity or our own endeavors that we want to do outside of that, we often, it, it's so interesting yeah. how we kind of, uh, we transpose <laughs> ourselves between the two, um, which isn't a bad thing. And, it, it, you know, again, having a little bit of hesitancy with some things is probably a good thing. If we were unfiltered all the time, then that could be a little unhinged and a little crazy. But I do think that it is, it's an interesting concept to me psychologically, how Mm -hmm. we're able to flip the switch between professionalism and Mm -hmm. our side, whatever we want to do. I don't like to use the word side hustle, but our side gigs or our side passions. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I just find that interesting. that's That's a very interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. So again, kind of wrapping up this fourth topic, um, you know, we, we've talked about Austin Klein a lot, and I think you'll hear both Sartak and I talk about him quite often just because he's he's just a really good, he's a, he's a very incredible creative thinker, um, such an artist. And he wrote the, the main book, I think the one that he's most popular for is Still yeah, Like an Artist. Still Like an Artist, yeah. Um, which we both highly recommend. Mm-hmm. We'll link that in the show notes, even though we haven't talked about it here. But the this, this quote I'm about to share for you comes, or share with you comes from his book, Show Your Work. Um, and, and, and it's one of those things that, like, I think it goes back to the core of we're, we're afraid of it in being imperfect to where we're just not going to share it. But in fact, Austin Cleon says, the best way to get started on the path to sharing your work is to think about what you want to learn and make a commitment to learning it from other in front of others. Find a scenist, pay attention to what others are sharing, and then start taking note of what they're not saying. Be on the lookout for voids that you can fill with your own efforts, no matter how bad they are at first. Don't worry for now about how you'll make money or make a career out of it. Forget about being an expert. That's pretty hard for us to do. Or a professional. And wear your amateurism, a.k.a. your heart and your love on your sleeve. Share what you love and the people who love the same things will find you. That's a nice quote. Yep. And I think that's what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. None of this is perfect. <laughs> we're we're kind of winging it as we go, but... We are both passionate about tech. We're both mm-hmm. passionate about, about productivity. And so we're just, we're going to share it. And then we hope that if you're listening, you, you find value in it. Value we find, yeah. you know, yeah. we're, and we're not professional podcasters, podcasters yet. No, but, yep. Nope. We are like, we have full-time jobs. That's right. <laughs> we do have really nice mics, but that's another time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I, I think that's something we just need to focus on. It's just, just do it. It doesn't matter how bad you are. Just do it. If it makes you happy and you love it, then someone else is going to also find value too because someone else out there loves the same thing that you do. Right. That's the cool thing about what connects us all as humans. Yeah. And if it makes you unhappy, don't do it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Then try something next. Like, uh, you know, I've tried so many things. And if you you don't like something, then yeah, at least you try it and you know that you don't like it. At least uh, instead of being hesitant that, oh, should I try it or not try it? Right, right. So, and, and at the end of the day, Sartak, most of us really are just amateurs. Mm-hmm. None of us ever live long enough to truly be an expert at anything. That's a, that's a harsh that, reality that, to come to. That's an interesting one. This reminds me of a, you know, of, I think it's, 
um i don't want to goof up the name but it was um Hakusoi. Okay, I'll have to check it out. But <laughs> I'm he said he, he's yeah. We might have to <laughs> edit this one. But no. but he uh, he said um, he was like he's a really great painter like uh, in in Japanese art. Mm-hmm. And he had like he he had probably like had done Japanese like art painted for like I don't know close to like seventy years or something like insane. Like he he had painted all his life. Yeah. And at his deathbed or close to his death, you know, close to death. Somebody, someone asked me that. Do you think you know you have done your best work, right? Because you know you you seem to have done it all. You're like so popular, and you know. And he said, "It, you know, I wish, I wish I had just ten more years, mm. and I would have, I would have mastered it." Mm. So, in a guy who has worked all his life and has yeah. like world famous paintings now, wow. wanted ten more years to be perfect at something. Mm. So it really goes. It drives that point: is none of us are ever going to live long enough to be an expert at anything, man. I, mean, I can't. I, I can't wrap my mind around that. Now you know, and and the thing is, none of us are ever going to live long enough at all because life really is so short. But there are people out there who are just more capable of positioning themselves as experts, and the reason they can is because they have skipped through these fears. They have overcome these fears that we've just discussed in this episode. They have, they've realized that life is more than being afraid of doing something that we love. And they've positioned themselves as experts because of that. They were brave enough to show their work because they love what they do. And they, you know, it's like the quote from buddy, the elf, I'm in love, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. You know that movie? Start talking. Nope. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> we're going to watch elf. It, it's around Christmas time when we're recording this episode. <laughs> And I will, I will, I will let you watch Elf. Yeah, I, yeah, I. Uh, I'm disappointed in you, so I talk. I don't watch much. Like, my, my, yeah, uh, like I don't get a hobby. <laughs> watch some movies. I, I like Sorry, watching. But I don't like I'm watching festive movies. I don't like watching romantic movies either. That's, we'll change that. Um. <laughs> but anyways, listeners, thank you so much for being here today. And I, and I do want to leave you with a question or a thought, for that matter. And you know, we've talked about all these fears. We've talked about not doing things because we're afraid of something, not doing something because we think we've waited too long, not doing something because we just don't have anything new to say or like we just talked about, we want it to be perfect and we know that we can't produce perfect work so we just don't do it anyways. But imagine this. Imagine a life where you wake up every day excited about what you do and you don't care about it being imperfect. You don't care about it failing. You just do it because you love, love what you yep. do. Yep. So think about that as you leave today. We appreciate you as always checking into our episode. Yep. We're looking forward to hearing you and being with you next time. Yep. Thank you. Signing off. Thanks for tuning in to the Technically Creative Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast as we get this thing started, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and consider heading over to Apple Podcast and leaving us a review. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for all links and references from today's episode. To keep up with all things related to the Technically Creative Podcast, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at the Technically Creative Podcast. And visit us online at thetechnicallycreativepodcast.com for full show notes, additional content, and more. Thanks again for your support. And until next time, stay curious and keep stretching your mind.